Hello and welcome to the live edition of the Cyclone Insider Podcast. I'm Travis Hines. He's Randy Peterson coming to you on Thursday afternoon. Something like, uh, what would that be, 55 hours ahead of tip or kickoff on Saturday night between Iowa State and TCU, 7 p.m. FS2, Jack Trice legacy game. Iowa State coming off a 50-20 to loss to Oklahoma. FS1, they changed it. Oh, they changed it. We got yeah. upgraded from FS2 to FS1. Got upgraded. Got upgraded. Wow, that's uh, that, that's impressive. That that makes playing at 7 p.m. all the sweeter <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Anyway, Iowa State trying uh, to find its footing in the Big 12 after last week's 50-20 to 20 loss to Oklahoma, in which it seemed like there was some offensive progress made, Randy, even in a game where Iowa State – did not score in the second half. Major backsliding defensively in which Iowa State's defense gave up 41 of the 50 points, seven coming on a pick six and another two on a safety. Kind of strangely, I don't know if strange is the right word, but it's the one I'm going to choose right now, positive vibes emanating from a 50-20 to loss for Iowa State, but I think that speaks to how low the bottom had been with that Ohio loss and that – incremental gains were made the previous week against Oklahoma State. But, but I get the feeling that uh, there is plenty of optimism still around this team heading into Saturday, Randy. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And there was there was some some strange optimism. I, I agree 100%. Um, and it's because they, because they started out so well, minus the pick six, they started out so well offensively. And Minus they, the game-defining play on the third uh, play, game-defining play, a game-defining play. I don't know about right. that, but but um, um, the uh, no, the they, they were throwing the ball, and I like I like that because the, the, this thing was they were this offense was stuck in the mud, um, not you know, on running it with running it. So I, I and it was good to see the Campbell. Yeah, he 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 showed that he can be flexible and Nate and showed that they can be flexible and they let Rocco throw and Rocco his throw. He, he threw a couple long, nice, nice passes. They had a couple long touchdown plays. I think that probably opened stuff up for, for the middle because all three running backs had decent runs through the middle. Um, So we'll see what, what that, what that means going forward. But for, for the first half, a quarter, quarter and a half for the first half, the offense was as good as 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 we'd seen it against a quality opponent. Because I think I think Oklahoma's pretty good. But you're right, the defense. Are we used to the defense, the Iowa State's defense right now being um, um, 46th ranked 46th nationally in total defense? I don't think so. I think we're used to the Iowa State defense right now being in the top 10. And that's not to say Iowa State's defense won't improve, but it's certainly not going to be nationally um, in the national stats like it's like it's been in the past. Um, and, I, you know, we've got our reasons why, it is, why it's like that, and it probably has to do with the young front seven. And let's face it, the secondary, other than the secondary gave up some balls against – against um, Oklahoma also, but that also stems from Dylan Gabriel having all day to pass back there. So I'm looking for the defense to to improve uh, or to show that at least last week was was a hiccup. 
Yeah, I think offensively, I think defense is the more critical component to the whole operation in terms of winning and losing games. I find the offense a little more fascinating or interesting because I think there are more tweaks and changes that can be made on that side of the ball. I think defensively, you know, we've kind of seen all the personnel. I don't anticipate seeing a big change in philosophy for Iowa State. Maybe we're going to see more blitzes to try to generate some more uh, pressure on quarterbacks, but that I think puts a pretty big strain on a linebacking crew. It's not the most athletic in the world. I, mean, I think we saw them you know, change that up a little bit with some substitutions on Saturday, but still not the most athletic, not the speediest group of linebackers on the whole for Iowa State. And the defensive line, I think, has promise going forward. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see any huge production from any of those guys up front. I think if we would have, if we we're going to see it, we were going to see it already. And nobody has emerged as that double team must that Iowa State has had really for seven years, going back to Jaquan Bailey and then to Will McDonald. And that's going to just make things more difficult as you get further across the defense. So again, I think that's probably more about holding the line. And I think with John Haycock's record, you're probably not feeling, as an Iowa State fan, as concerned about whatever fixes can be made, will be made. I think on the offensive side of the ball, how committed are they to throwing it? You've got a rookie offensive coordinator, a rookie quarterback, a bunch of unproven running backs, an inconsistent offensive line, and then maybe some weapons at tight end and wide receiver. We don't really know. I think we've seen some hints to it. So I think that side of the ball is a little more fascinating because it does seem like the changes they made against Oklahoma State to throw the ball more and against Oklahoma to throw the ball more had some impact both to the good and to the bad. You know, Rocco Beck did not have his best game Saturday with the two picks. The pick six completed, what, like 45% of his passes? Probably need to expect that from a redshirt freshman quarterback playing in his first real hostile road environment of his career in a, in a big moment. Um, but I do. I just find that there's more probably levers to pull offensively, in both in terms of personnel as well as strategy. But I think that that's the side of the ball. I think where we're going to see the chess pieces uh, be moved most uh, consequently, consequentially for Iowa State, Randy. Yeah, there's certainly there's certainly more levers to pull in the in the in the running game in 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 the playbook in general because I'm not certain we've seen a whole lot. Um, I, I I I like it when Sama and Eli um, Sanders get out get going out on the edges, but that that also means that tight ends have to be blocking out there. Um, you know, there all the blocking has to be has to be perfect, and the offensive line has to has to be blocking as well. But I like that because they're the maybe the two quickest guys on that offense. Once they get out there, they can get going a little bit. I like it that that um, Rocco he threw to to Jalen, he threw to to Higgins, um, he he threw to you know it wasn't just Nate looking in at, at one at one receiver. Um, so I like the way he spread that around a little bit as well. And they are, they were taking shots down the, down the field. Um, I I'm guessing that we see more of that um, going forward. I don't know what the, what the weather's supposed to be. I know it's supposed to be a little chilly, but I don't know if it's going to be windy or anything. Cause it, it, a windy day would a night 
would be the only thing that could preclude that from happening as far as as far as weather wise. But um, yeah, I mean, what's Iowa State got to lose right now? Show whatever you've got. I mean, you're not going to play another Oklahoma. The only Oklahoma like opponent you've got left is is Texas. Um, you know, give show everything everything you've got, and and then because it's getting it's getting crunch time. Iowa State needs this victory because Campbell said way back when that the goal is to is to get to the postseason. Um, if they're going to get to the postseason, they need this one because this may be the quote on one. This is one of the of the games that Iowa State won't be probably a heavy um, under a heavy underdog. So I would I would say, yeah, this is this is huge in any way, shape or form. Iowa State has to has to has to win this game. I mean, that's that's just cut and dried, because if they don't win this game, I don't know where this season's going. I got an idea, though. <laughs> it's not the cheese it bowl if they lose or I don't the, think so. the, the pop tart bowl or whatever the hell it's called now <laughs> good point yeah i don't know maybe well, yeah in terms of the running game i'm still skeptical of how good it is i mean you look at the the yards per carry pops from saturday um it's buoyed by a couple of long runs it's also three different guys that none of them carried the ball more than seven times. I wonder if you try a sustained rushing attack where you're pounding away, are you going to have that same success? My suspicion would be no. I still think that offensive line has a lot to prove. And maybe even more interesting is if they are committed to throwing it more, is that offensive line's pass protection going to hold up? Cause it's been very good so far, but if you start tilting heavily towards the pass, our team's going to be able to figure that out and make Rocco rush a little bit more because I think when we've seen him That's, hurried, the the results as for most quarterbacks have not been as good. Well, yeah, and and let's 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 go back to a couple plays against Oklahoma. Rocco showed me something also with the with his feet. Okay, he's not he's not the most um, the, the 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 most versatile quarterback that Iowa State has had, but he's, he, he had some nice gains that on unplanned rushes when the pocket broke down or when the, when there were no receivers open, he had some night, he had some nice rushes. So I think, I think that's a plus. That's always uh, an iffy situation anyway, for, for, for first time starters, because you don't know when to, when to trust the pocket. You don't know when to, when to just tuck it in and go, um, so I, I I like that that part of, of of Rocco's game right now is is that he seems to be becoming pocket aware of 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 what's going on there, and that certainly can loosen up defenses um, as as well. So I you know, and I'm, I don't know what I'm expecting to see from TCU, but I'm but I think they're they're fairly veteran on the on the defensive side of, from the team that that played in the national championship game last year. Um, so it'll be a good test for Iowa for Iowa State for sure, but I, I would I would guess that we're going to see as much as the playbook as those kids know, as those players know that that would be that would be my suspicion because, like I said earlier, dude, there's nothing to lose in this game. I mean, it's it's go for broke. I mean, plus it's going to be a great crowd. I would suspect there's going to be emotion sur- um, surrounding the game during the 
during the the pregame, the you know throughout the game, they'll be doing Jack Trice videos. So I I, I think that that this is a great opportunity for Iowa State to just show what it, to show what it's got, and you know we'll see what happens with it. In terms of defensively, what's your level of concern of them? I mean, you mentioned they're what barely in the top fifty. Is is this a mediocre yeah. defense yeah. after years of being an elite defense? Yeah, my my level of concern starts with the with the with up front, um, and I think I think that's that's what everybody's is. They're not getting a pass rush like you like you said and like you wrote this week. They're getting zero pass rush. Um, Dylan Gabriel sat back there and and had things his way, um, and they, that that's they've got to they've got to put some kind of heat on the on the quarterback. It's it's because that. Ex- even not putting not putting heat on the quarter on the quarterback then makes it extra tough for the secondary. I mean, those guys are good back there for the most. The, yeah, okay. There were a couple breakdowns. A couple. There were a few breakdowns on on Saturday. But let's let's again not, not forget that they played against a good team. But. Put some rush on 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 the on the, the the quarterback. Do your part up in the front end, so the back end guys, um, um, Jeremiah Cooper, um, T.J. Tampa, those guys, so they don't have the, the. They've already got a big burden on their on their on their shoulders. It, it's just take some of that off their shoulders a little bit. Um, and I think it's what five games in now, and I think it's I think it's time these these guys either are going to be able to do it like we alluded to earlier, or they're not going to be able to do it. And they're going to have to figure something else out. But I've said this before here. I think that, that um, I, I have faith in, in um, Eli Rashid, the defensive line coach. I have faith in John Haycock to get this stuff straightened out. And maybe that's it. I guarantee you that faith is, is it stems from having seen it happen before. So, and once and I'm, going to go with the odds the percentages and and say that this and and that if certainly if they're going to that Saturday would be a, a great opportunity for for that to start because they certainly still have a lot to prove yeah I mean certainly injuries are playing a part here too I don't right. think Gary Vaughn is anywhere near 100 percent Malik Verdun hasn't played a whole lot in the last couple of weeks missed a game Darian Porter's been banged up that I think has been revealing and just how young inexperienced and how much on a knife's edge I think this defense is. And again, I know I've been saying this nonstop for at least a week now that we're grading them on the steepest of curves because they have been so good and set the standard so high here. But when you think, you know, you know, Randy, we've seen every snap this year in person and you think back and you, how many times have you said, Oh, that was a great play by Trent Jones. That was a great play by Jack Sadowski. That was a great play by Tyler O'Needham. That was a great play by Will McLaughlin. And on and on and on, and those guys in the front and at the linebacker. And there's been times where they've made good plays, but it hasn't been where you're feeling like those guys are standing out in any major way consistently. And I think that's going to be a problem for Iowa State. We heard Campbell talk. You kind of reintroduce something he's talked about previously about a players making a, you know, having a games and making a plays. How many of those a players are at linebacker right. and yeah. 
and that uh, defensive line for Iowa State. I think Campbell would call Gary Vaughn an A player. Is anybody else there or has, has proven that they are an A player? Not flashed, but proven. I think the answer to that right now is no. There are, you're right, 100% right. I, I'm not certain they have any B players. And that A player that they have, um, that Gary Vaughn, he's, like you said, he's hurt. He's been hurt. And Campbell said that he wasn't, he didn't play at 100% last last Saturday. So that's, that's, that's a huge problem. Um, your A players this year just happened to be in the, in the secondary with Cooper, with, with, um, TJ Tampa, those guys are A players and they're making plays. Bo Freeler, certainly part Bo of Bo Freeler. Way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, yeah. I, I keep, sorry. I forget. Good point. I forgot about him. Those guys are making plays. They can't, they can't make enough plays to, um, to win the game. They need, they need help up front. And again, that like you insinuated, that bar is pretty high up there because we've seen Will McDonald. We've seen MJ Anderson up there. We saw Isaiah Lee up there. Um, all, you know, all three of those guys were performed at very, very high levels. Those guys are gone now. And so it's, it's, it's been a tough, tough to replace those guys. So, I, I guess I I didn't expect the learning curve to be as steep as it appears to have to, to be, but I guess I, I guess I should have. And once again, I like I said earlier, that goes back to having so much faith in in um, Haycock and and you know the, the job that he that he's done. So um, maybe it's just something we're going to have to live with the 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 rest of the season and and through the off season and 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 see what what happens going forward because this is a very, very young side of the ball also, just like the offense is. The game is obviously the headlining event from the weekend, but Iowa State will also be honoring Jack Trice and the 100-year anniversary of his death from injuries sustained on the field at a game in Minnesota in 1923. Randy, I think – our audience certainly is well acquainted with Jack Trice's story and his legacy at Iowa State, but I think the thing that Matt Campbell mentioned on Tuesday and certainly has mentioned before, and you wrote about it years ago and then resurfaced the quotes from Desmond Howard from, I believe, 2019, that it, it doesn't seem to be a story that resonates or is, is well-known is probably the better way to put it, outside of the most uh, obsessive college football circles or the state of Iowa and you mentioned this game's on FS1 so it's a bigger bigger platform for this but certainly I think Iowa State uh, has hoped that this centennial I hesitate to call it a celebration but an honorarium uh, of a man that you know broke the color barrier in athletics at Iowa State 100 years ago that this 100 year marking of it that his death would provide them a platform to spread the story and i think they've done their best to do that it's too bad this game isn't a fox game it's too bad iowa state lost to ohio otherwise it might have been a fox game uh but what are your thoughts on just this uh this story the powerful story a tragic story um getting a little bit more uh sunlight from a national perspective you know given this anniversary yeah i i i i I w- I'm with you. And I know that when ESPN game day was in and whatever it was, 19 or 20, whatever, whatever it was the last time they were there, they, um, or when they were there, they, um, they, they talked about it. They did talk about it, but, but nonetheless, 
it it hasn't. Um, I, I don't for the for the Iowa State players, some of them to to um, you know to say that 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 they didn't know about the story before they got to school. I guess I can understand that because as high school kids, they've got a lot going on. They don't need from all across the country. From all across the country, yeah, yeah, exactly. But but I don't know about you, Trev, but but I I sensed genuine um, emotion from the players on Tuesday when we talked to them. I don't think it was fake. I sensed excitement for more excitement than usual for the uniforms, the throwback uniforms that Iowa State's going to wear and Iowa State's worn, you know, non-traditional uniforms throughout the times that Campbell has been there. But but I, I get the sense that this is just a total different vibe. And I think, like I mentioned to you before we before we went on the air here, is that I, my guess is that for at least the early portion of the game, Iowa State's going to ride some of that moment, momentum, um, some of that emotion. I would think the crowd's going to be jacked up for this. Um, the band has special stuff going on. I know that. So I think it's I think it's going to be um, I think Iowa State can use this this um, this whole um, atmosphere for this game to its advantage and um, at least early early going and then and then we'll see you know how that carries over to the remainder of the game but I'm excited for it Iowa State TCU 7 p.m. Fox Sports one Saturday night at Jack Trice Stadium uh, to honor the 100 year anniversary of Trice's death as Iowa State's first black student athlete, uh, again, 100 years ago. DesMoinesRegister.com will have all the coverage from the game throughout this week, into the weekend, and then next week when Iowa State heading to Cincinnati. We've got you covered before the bye week. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Live stream podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.